chapter 16. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, starting at verse 18, you will find these words. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Saints of God, I'd like to speak with you from a few moments from the thought, the pitfalls of personal pride. The pitfalls of personal pride. The pitfalls of personal pride from the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is a book in the series of books of wisdom. It is also a book of poetry. The books of poetry are Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. But in this book of Proverbs, there are many nuggets of wisdom regarding many areas of life. From laziness to pride to being self-righteous to being those who will seek after God, there is instruction for trusting the Lord. It is a book of wisdom. But it's a book of wisdom for everyday living. The book of Proverbs is not a book of promises, but it's a book of wisdom. It's a book of things that are the best practices for living a successful life. Amen? Amen. So, So we come to our text today in chapter 16. And the subject here is pride. Pride, one of the seven deadly sins. Mm -hmm. Envy is a green-eyed monster, but pride is a destroyer. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, pride is not just an issue for pagans Mm -hmm. or heathens or those of the postmodern world. But pride even subtly slips its way into the family of God. Pride, pride, thinking of yourself more than you ought to. Starting to measure yourself up against somebody else and putting people down just to lift yourself up. Pride. Pride sneaks in to where man says, that's all right, God. I can get this all by myself. I've got this issue or I've got that issue. And Lord, I know what you say, but 
you don't have to bother yourself with this right now because I can handle it because I want to do it my way. Pride. Today I want to talk about how pride affects the body of Christ because there are pitfalls of personal pride. Sometimes we see pride in a good light. We say we take pride in being part of a community of believers or, or in other words, we have a positive way of looking at it. But pride sneaks in negatively when we think of ourselves more superior than we ought to. And when that kind of pride comes into a congregation of believers, it wreaks havoc. It wreaks havoc with, with argumentation. It wreaks havoc with separation. It wreaks havoc with fussing and fighting. Because God has never called us to try to set ourselves in any other position than being leveled at the cross. Amen. He never called us to say, I'm better than such and such because I can do this and they can't do that. Amen. No matter what our giftedness is, we're all level at the cross because we're all sinners in need of a Savior, and we are saved by grace. God's resources at Christ's expense. Nowhere in that equation do I find any man applying anything and being able to participate in the salvation experience. But the salvation is of the Lord. So in the body of Christ where out of four areas, amen, I want to bring up today where the personal pitfalls of pride come in, amen, first of all is in position. God has a hierarchy, amen. He has an order, a structure of his church. And that structure mimics the hierarchy and positional nature of the Godhead. The Bible says that the Godhead is three. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We even find in our devotional reading and in our responsive reading that the text said in Philippians chapter 2, to let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Being in the form of a man, in other words, put himself into the form of a man. In that state, he never tried to count it robbery to be equal with God. That's that old King James terminology. But what that means is he did not try to hold on to his equality. He didn't make it a thing to be grasped. But he made himself into a form of a servant. Watch this. In the Godhead, there are three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but each of those are eternally distinct and equal in attribute, equal in omniscience, equal in omnipotence, equal in omnipresence. They are all God. They are equal. But in the Godhead, even though they are all equal, there is position. The Father is the head, then the Son, then the Holy Spirit. Even though they're all equal in nature, power, authority, amen, they have submitted themselves to one another for the divine purpose of carrying out the mission of the Godhead. 
And so we find our cue in the church to realize just because you may be able to do something as well or better than somebody else does not mean you should be in the lead role. Jesus Christ can heal just as well as the Father can. The Holy Spirit just as well as the Son. But they're still in position. Jesus Christ said, I do nothing except what I hear from my Father. He was in a perfect obedience even though he knew he was equal with the Father. And so we must be careful in the pride of life to not look at ourselves and start to read our own clippings and say, well, I'm just as good or better than somebody else. Why should I follow that leader or that lead? Because I can do it better than they call. That, that may be. That may be. But those who are in leadership, wherever they have been placed in the body of Christ, is because the Lord has ordained it so. You may not understand why, but that's all right. Because God has never required us to understand why. You may wonder why is such and such here or there. But God is so infinite in his wisdom, amen, that we may be in a position where we may be more gifted than somebody else who is in leadership over us. But guess what? God can use that person who is less gifted to teach us valuable lessons. There's nobody who came to this earth and got it all together. There's nobody who knows everything and does everything well. So if we just stop a little while and get quiet and humble ourselves for a minute, we might find out that you know what? Even though I may be better than that person in that area, I'm learning a lot just by watching their life. Because there's something that you can learn from somebody else. So in the church, this wreaks havoc when when, when, when the auxiliary head over the ushers, amen, is being bugged by the other members and they say we need to go this way and then the members say we need to go that way. Amen. We got a ministry of missions and the mission say we need to go south of the city and then another member says no, we need to go north. Well, that's chaos and that's not order in the Lord. It's not order in the Lord when the pastor has a vision for the church and the church is constantly bucking against the pastor because they don't understand the vision. But have not slowed down long enough to allow the Lord to show them more, amen, and to believe by faith. This is a faith walk, y'all. It's not by what we see, amen, but what we believe. And we got to know that God knows what he's doing. Whoever he puts in whatever position, amen, he knows what he is doing. But we are to learn how to be in the place and where God has put us. Learn how to be in position. As my pastor used to say, he says, get in your lane and stay in your lane. Because when you're driving over in somebody else's lane, you are end up causing an accident. Amen. So when we look, at our text and we think about this thing of position. This morning in, in Sunday school, we were talking about legion, amen. Jesus Christ was talking to the head of that legion and the other de devils stayed quiet. They stayed in their position, amen, but they operated in tandem. They operated in, in congruency with inside of the man to trouble him day and night. You must realize that the enemy that we are fighting against, the devil and his minions, they are in order. Yeah. 
When Satan tells them to go, they go. He tells them to stay, they stay. So can we as the church of God who has the greatest commander of them all, can we learn how to obey leadership? Can we learn how to get on one accord? Can we learn to stop trying to look at how we're built up and saying that we're better than somebody else? There is leadership, amen, that I've been under, that I've said to myself, amen, I don't understand why this person is my leader. But after the years went by, and after the troubles came, and after the, 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 uh, the trials of the business began, I started to see that I'm so glad that they were the leader and not me. There were times when I was very frustrated with them, but I found out that God don't make no mistakes in the world or in the church. I found that that leader had some strengths that I didn't have. And I'm so glad that they were in position to do that at which I was not prepared to do. Amen. So we look at our text and we also see that the pitfalls of personal pride can also affect the program. See, God has a master plan for his church. Every church called in his name, there is a master plan for us to be beacon of light to a dark and a dismal world. To a world that, that is in chaos and is disarray, and to a world that's loveless and a world that is hurting, a world that is in pain, a world that is evil. There are somebody looking for a place of refuge. But if in the church we are fighting and bucking against one another, jockeying for position, amen, we're causing the place of refuge to be a place of chaos. And why would those outside who are already in chaos want to come inside if all they're going to do is come out of the frying pan into the fire? That's something to think about, saints of God, when we think about our personal pride. Can we put our pride down long enough, amen, to get in line for the greater good of the world? Can we not say, hey, I got to do it my way instead of the way my leader says do it? Amen. Because there are mission work. There are things that's coming up in our lives. There are folks who are going to lead things in this church. Amen. Who you may know better than anybody else. And you may know their flaws as well. You've got to watch it. You've got to watch knowing their flaws and allowing their flaws to, to dim your understanding of their position. Because guess what? We're all flawed. Amen. There's no perfect person that walks this earth today. The only person that ever walked this earth that was perfect was Jesus Christ. Amen. So God has left some imperfect people to do a perfect work. So we must realize that we all got flaws. There are things that we're all going to do wrong at one time or another. But do we have enough grace? Do we have enough forgiveness? Do we have enough empathy? Do we have enough patience to wait on the Lord? To wait on the Lord to do in us what we cannot do for ourselves. We may think that we should be moving this week when God is really calling for us next week. And the person in leadership may look incompetent at this time. Amen. But that's according to your perception, your limited view. You don't know what God is doing in them. So be patient 
and wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord to move in that life. And you may very well be surprised on the kind of successes that you see by following that leadership that you thought was completely flawed. I'm saying this today because the Spirit of God is moving on my heart as New Zion heals and begins to grow again. As the spiritual uh, temperature in this house begins to get back to where it needs to be. God is about working. Jesus Christ said, I am working as the Father is working. But if we are not careful when the engine begins to start and the transmission is engaged, if everybody is trying to take the wheel, we're looking at going into death and destruction. But whomever God has placed in the place to lead this or that, trust the Lord has put them there. Even though you may not understand it, wait on it. And see the salvation of the Lord. Because after all, it's God's program. See, God has a way of dealing with everybody. Amen. You don't have to have to try to deal with a leader. God's going to deal with the leaders. He put them there and he can remove them. Amen. He can straighten them up. He can convict them. It is our job to follow leadership because in our following leadership, we show the Godhead in motion. Jesus Christ can do everything that the father did, but he does not because he's following leadership. Amen. So we go on here and we look and we realize as well that the pitfalls of personal pride is also presence. When personal pride gets in the way and gets in as a, a sickness in a congregation, it causes separation, it causes difficulties, it causes complaints and contentiousness, it causes strife. And remember the God that we serve, amen, that righteous God does not dwell amidst of unrighteousness. Sometimes we forfeit the presence of God in the house because of our strife and contention amongst one another because really pride has set in. We get to the place to where we're trying to tell one person or another person what to do. Amen. Trying to run their ministries and ours. Amen. But we ought to let the Lord lead in some things. Amen. Instead of trying to do it ourselves. We ought to say and we start to fight with one another because they don't do things the way we think they ought to do it. And what ends up happening, not only does the program get derailed, but also the presence of the Lord. There are churches that are cold and, and there's no presence of the Lord because there is too much dissension. There's too much division. Amen. But New Zion does not want to be such a place. Amen. We want to be on one accord. We want to realize our position in Christ so that we can receive his presence so that we can carry out his program. Am I right about it, saints of God? And finally, the pitfalls of personal pride comes with the forfeiting of the promise. There are some people, amen, that are churchgoers they come in the church, but they never let the church inside of them. That bears saying one more time. 
There are some people who come into the church but never let the church inside of them. Personal pride can set you up to forfeiting the promise. There are those who say, I got to get myself cleaned up first. I'll come to the Lord. I'll, I'll give my life. But first, I've got to get my drinking problem under control. I, I, I got to get, get my sexual addictions under control. I mean, you just don't know what I did last night. Amen. So I got to get myself under control. I, I got to get myself fixed. On one end, they're, they're, they're showing a level of humility in that they talk about what they have done, amen, in a negative light, but then they show pride and then they say that I can do it, that I can straighten up my situation. And then once I straighten up my situation, then I can come to the Lord. Really what they're doing is setting themselves up into a position to try to boast. To be able to say, well, I did this first and then I came to the Lord. But the Bible says that salvation is by grace alone in Christ alone. We are saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. There's no boasting except boasting in the Lord. So when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, their deliverance was not of themselves. It was on the 14th day of the month, amen, that they had the Passover dinner. And it was by nightlight, it was by moonlight that they were led out of the camp of the Egyptians, amen, to the Red Sea. The Bible says they were led by night by fire and a cloud by day. But even those folks who saw the deliverance of the Lord, amen, they still dealt with personal pride. Amen. The Bible says that after they got over into the wilderness, it should have been a short journey. It should have been three to ten days, amen, but it ended up being 40 years. 40 years because of personal pride, because of stubbornness. And the Bible says when it was time to enter into the land of milk and honey, only those who were age 20 and younger entered into the kingdom, entered into the land of milk and honey. Why? Because of their pride. Because of their stubbornness. Amen. They mumbled and grumbled with Moses. They mumbled and grumbled with the leadership. They thought that they had the answer. There was another answer other than what God has prescribed for them. Amen. They mumbled against Moses, a great leader. Mumbled against Aaron. Mumbled against Joshua. Mumbled against Caleb. They mumbled against the 50 head leaders. They mumbled Grumble because they thought they knew better. And it cost them the promised land. Today I want to say to us today who are sitting here today. If pride has come into our lives, amen, that we think we know better. We ought to give ourselves an introspective today. 
and to see whether or not we are fighting against God. Because at the end of the day, what you don't want to miss is the promise. Because there is a land flowing with milk and honey that has houses that we didn't build and has crops that we didn't plant. But if your pride says to you that when God says go right, you decide to go left, you just may miss your exit that gets you out of the wilderness into the promised land. Today, saints of God, from a pastor's heart, amen, I'm saying to us, let us examine ourselves. Let us be careful not to think we are more than we think, than we are actually. The Bible says we're thinking we're something when we're nothing. And everyone in here is in here by grace. From the pulpit to the door. So all of us has to come into this place in humility. The text says that it's better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoils with the proud. It's better to come in and say, I'm a wretch undone. Amen. Versus to stand up and say, look what I've done. Amen. Saints of God, today is the day of humility. Today is the day to realize that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. But we can derail it by thinking we're more than we ought to be. We got to be careful, saints of God. When we don't understand God's plan, we need to wait on it. We don't understand God's person, we need to wait on it. Amen. Amen. So at this time, the doors of the church are open. Amen. Amen. There may be somebody here today who doesn't know our Savior as their Lord. But today you can get to know him in the pardoning of your sins. It won't cost you nothing because Jesus has already paid it all. He paid it on that cross out on Calvary's mountain. From the third to the ninth hour, he hung on that cross for you and for me. And at the ninth hour, he died. He died for you and for me. That because he died, that we might live. So where is pride when there was a death and a payment that we couldn't pay? But today I say that if there's anyone here that doesn't know him, in the pardon of their sins. If there's anyone here that needs a right relationship with Jesus, you can get to know him today. It won't cost you nothing because he's paid it all. You can come to Jesus right now. You can come to Jesus just as you are. Don't try to clean yourself up because it's Jesus is the one that does the cleaning. He says, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can come to Jesus today. Come unto Jesus. Why? Hey.
trek toward the promised land, to not let things like the pitfalls of pride get in our way, because we got some work to do, y'all, and man born of a woman's life is short and full of trouble, so let us be about the work of the master while it is day, for night cometh when no man can work, amen, amen, if our hearts and minds are clear, amen. Let us stand for our benediction. Amen. your name master for all we've heard and seen on today Lord let us work on ourselves amen oh Lord as the apostle Paul said that after I've preached everyone else in I myself be disqualified but Lord we're looking to a day oh God that we can be in perfect communion with thee living out the mission the purpose and the plan that you've said before us. Lord, we want to be that beacon of light to a dark and dismal world that men, women, boys, and girls might come running saying, what must I do to be saved? Lord, we want to be part of your program, Master, and we want your presence. And Lord, we lift you up for you're worthy, so worthy to be praised. All the praise, all the honor, and all the glory is unto you. Lord, we ask these things in the blessed name of Jesus. Lord, continue to deal with the issues of life.
for us, oh God. Continue to be a healing presence for the Collins family and Sister Aretta Wilmore's family. Amen. Lord, bless us, Lord. Keep my wife and keep our church and all of our church family, Master, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we want to be so careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the whole church saying, Amen. Please be seated and obey our ushers. Amen.